0: The Tim and Tony podcast is brought to you by. Tim, why do you use Bucked Up?
1: Uh, Because Tony, everybody needs a little help in their life. I found out a few years ago um, that I needed that extra push to actually do my workouts at the level that I wanted to be doing them at. And to get the results that I wanted to out of working out. And so, you know, one of the most frustrating things is when you're hitting the gym as hard as as your body will allow you to and you feel like you're not getting anywhere. Uh, These supplements will really help you uh, get to that next level, get to that next step and push you uh, to hopefully reach your goals. So that's why I use it.
0: Fucked up. It tastes fantastic and it helps you work out. Get it. Use it. We have a promo code, right?
1: We do. Uh, Promo code. Very easy to remember. Uh, it's T and T twenty. Get twenty percent off your bucked up order. They have supplements, every single one you can think of. Shirts, hats, fucking joggers, anything you could possibly want, they've got it. Bucking t and T joggers. T and T twenty. Get twenty percent off your entire order today online buckedup.com T a n d t twenty. Tony, before we had this podcast and we received this next wonderful sponsor, we both struggled with our fashion game, specifically and especially our gym fashion game, which is an underrated part of going to the gym. Yes. Please tell the people how they can get more excited about going to the gym and what company they can go to buy uh, some stuff that will make them feel better.
0: So what's great is, wow, interesting. We're keeping that in. So, so, so. So all you gotta do is go to titlewear.com because what you're gonna find there is you're gonna find some of the most comfortable and flattering, might I add, gym wear on the market. They Very got they, they, they got hoodies, they got sleeveless hoodies, they got tank tops, they got t-shirts, they got shorts, they've got compression pants, and they've got sports bras, they've got leggings, they've got all of it. It's fantastic. The quality is amazing. It's made for workouts, so they're durable. And it's just plain comfortable. So, Tim, what's that promo
1: code? Very easy to remember. It is T and T15. That's T A N D T15. That's 15% off your entire order. You can order one thing, you can order 13 things order a hundred fucking things it's 15% off the entire order at title.com um and if you want to order a hundred fucking things you do it and you do it with
0: the promo code t-a-n-d-t-1-5 tim do you care about sustainability i do do you care about comfort i very much do Do you care about style? A little bit.
1: Do you care about just looking good? I really do. I really do care about all those things. I didn't mean to put sustainability. It feels like I put sustainability a little lower on that list than I should have. But I care about
0: those things deeply. And in fact,
1: sustainability
0: is actually one of the best parts about what I'm about to talk about. Allbirds. They make incredible shoes. They make incredible clothing. They make incredible socks. Tell us about it, Tim.
1: Welcome to the program, Alberts. We're happy to have you on board. Absolutely. Uh, these are, no exaggeration, the most comfortable fucking shoes I've ever worn in my entire life. They and, you don't actually, and you don't have to just wear them when you're having sex. That's right. That's right. Um, I can't believe we just put that in an ad. Um, <laughs> they look great. They feel better. And they're good for the planet. Uh Go to, we're going to, this is a little bit different than we've done in the other ones. We're going to attach the link to go to Allbirds where you can pick up not only a pair of shoes, pair of uh, a shirt, uh, they're making joggers, they've got shorts, whatever you want. You buy anything on the store, you get a free pair of socks with it on us. Uh, If you do go to the store and buy some Allbirds, please use the link that's in the description of this podcast.
0: Yes, and they don't do deals like this. This is like the only one out there. Like this is the one deal. So that's what we're bringing to you guys. You should do it. Get the stuff because it's a great company and they make great stuff. So, Tim, we've got, as of today, we've got Chris Paul out. Seemingly for the rest of the regular season. Which, hey, yeah. Chris, you know, if you're listening, uh, one, now that you've got a bunch of free time, why don't you come on the pod? But two, uh, rest up. Need you for the for the playoff run. But now, unfortunately, Devin Booker's in the protocol, health and safety protocol, which now is code for he's either contact traced with COVID, has COVID, has tested positive, whatever. So we're now without the two main guys in our
1: backcourt. How are you feeling right now? So first of all, uh, this Joe Burrow guy appears to be very popular in our culture right now. Yes. But all I know is that Devin was hanging with Joe Burrow yesterday on a golf yeah. course. And now he's got COVID. So what the fuck? wonder where I'm, they were I'm, playing. I'm, I don't know. It, it looked it looked like a course in Scottsdale that I'll, I'll tell you off air because nobody gives a fuck. That's shocking. Um, <clears throat> But no, of course, I'm kidding. I'm being facetious. Nobody knows how to get COVID. And I think that's one of the worst things we do in our culture is you gave it to me. That was a really bad kind of moment for our country. Um, But anyways, I actually feel really good. I feel really good. Not like better than I would if they were playing, but I feel good. And here's why. We have a four game lead in the Warriors. Uh, Seven loss lead on the Warriors. The Chris Paul thing this isn't even like a conspiracy theory like i believe he's hurt i just don't believe he's going to need to miss as much time as he's going to because uh, but i but i think that's fine because first of all it's a hand injury uh which with hand injuries you can still run which is the biggest thing when guys come back after an injury is that they're out of shape because they couldn't run because especially with leg injuries Um, so I think Chris is gonna go. He's gonna get constant massages. Zion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's he's gonna do constant yoga. Uh maybe go to Aaron Rodgers hideout. And yeah, I don't know. No, no. Oh no, we don't want him there. I just want him relaxed. Rogers seems really relaxed after he came out of there.
0: I, I I don't want Chris Paul near Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Chris Paul
1: is hanging out.
0: <laughs> well, Paul and plus, has... Chris is vaccinated. We don't want him hanging
1: out with unvaxed. That's true. Or we, sorry, we immunized. Because if if he if if Chris Paul like if any any of my favorite basketball players ended up on Joe Rogan's podcast, I need to be talked off a ledge. Um, but the Booker thing again, it doesn't make me feel good. Obviously, I want him to get well. There's still a risk with this thing. Uh, that he could have a long form of the disease, and that would obviously be a problem. Yeah. Um, but watching this game right now, we're only at halftime. We're up by 16 or 15 to the Trailblazers, who are objectively a terrible team. Yeah. But I mean, also, they don't,
0: I, They their best player right now is Anthony Simons. Uh, yeah. So there's, don't there's have Lillard, much, don't have McCollum. Obviously won't ever have
1: McCollum anymore, but there's not much that you can take from it. But yeah. you, I think what's important is, and this was a uh, something that I think Shaq mentioned this back in the day. It's like sometimes you just got to feed the big guy. Sometimes oh, you got yeah. you, yeah. you just got to feed your your other players. Uh, campaign's getting a lot of time tonight. Aaron Holiday's getting a lot. of t- Cam Johnson, oh, oh and Campaign's a lot back. Campaign's back. Aiton's getting a lot of touches, more so than usual. It's good for them. It's it's good for their morale because yeah. as fun as it is to win. Sometimes it's like, you know what? I don't want to fucking do today. I don't want to run to the corner again and just wait for Chris yeah. to throw it to me. Like, it's not, I'm sure yeah. they they enjoy obviously everything about playing on this team, but Winning. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure at some point they're like, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to pound the rock for 10 seconds yeah. and take a shot. Like,
0: so I'm going to make this point. Then we can move on. Um, I saw someone comment. Oh, you know. Phoenix is going to need to be careful that they don't have what happened to Boston when, you know, Al Horford was out, when Kyrie was out and, you know, all the young guys started to get minutes and, you know, Terry Rozier started getting accustomed to certain type of living as though he's like a recent divorcee. Um, Here's why that's very much not going to happen to us. One All of the guys that are playing right now seem to not be as mercurial, shall we say, as as a Terry Rozier or Marcus Smart. And then also the guys that are coming back aren't assholes. They're not dicks. They're not assholes to be around at this point in their careers. Obviously, Chris Paul has his reputation, but it definitely seems like he's now – he's at such a level of respect – That now everyone, when he talks and when he does stuff, people listen, people care, and people don't find it annoying. Um, So I have zero worry about this. And, you know, uh, my hot take has always been that I don't think, um, you know, the coach that Boston used to have was all that great. Um, back when we were saying that, uh, you know, if you could have him or you could have LeBron, who would you take to run your,
1: thought about Ted- the imbalance plays yeah, bro? To,
0: to, to have your, to start your franchise out for the next 10 years and be like, uh, Brad Stevens. It's like, wow. Okay. No. And here's, you know, my Ted talk. Why we have money Williams, which by all accounts is one of the best coaches in the league. Um, And Chris loves
1: him and all the guys seem to love him. So, you know, I agree. I mean, the only thing that the only player you'd be worried about, I think who I'm, I'm not, and I'll, I'll explain why the only player you'd be worried about having some of those feelings is Mikel. And the reason that we're not worried about him is that I I'm going to be worried about Mikel year three of this contract where he starts to realize, holy shit, I could be getting paid 10 to 12 million more a year. But right now, and especially
0: since he's going to be the only guy that's left from this roster, it's still on the team in three years.
1: Well, yeah, God willing, Devin will still be here, but I get what you mean. (laughs) Um, but
0: DeAndre is going to be in Sacramento, Chris Paul's (sighs) going to be doing a one year wherever LeBron is. Uh, we'll let everybody else walk, it's going to be great,
1: (laughs) yeah. But the but with the Mikel thing, I think for now, for this year, yeah, I think he's in the right headspace, as evidenced by the contract he signed. Yeah. In the future, though, it could definitely become an issue because right now everybody's playing their role so perfectly because there is no ego, there is no disease of more. I, um, <laughs> one more run like last year, though, and it'll start to creep in. That's a next year problem.
0: See, I, I, the only reason why I disagree is the disease of more happens when everyone comes up at the same time. So meaning the disease more was bad with the bad boy Pistons. The disease more was bad with the bulls, the disease of more. It
1: was bad with Kobe and Shaq. When you have. Didn't happen to the eighties Lakers, by the way, not to the same degree. No, because Ka- and Kareem and was at a different
0: point that. Thank you. So that that's my overarching point. When you have all of these guys that are coming up all at once that all on all the shine. But there's sort of a power struggle between who's, you know, the top guy on the team, who's this, who's this, who's that. The team that we have right now has very clear lines of demarcation. And I think is why the Warriors have been so successful, but in a completely different way. Because obviously Steph, Clay, and Draymond, they've all, they have all came onto the scene at roughly the same time. Meaning, obviously, they're all drafted at different times, but they all came to prominence. At the same time, the difference with them is Steph Curry is very clearly the guy. Draymond is a very specific type of player, and Clay is—he's just vibes. Clay is just there for a good time. He's there to shoot threes and just chill, and occasionally piss LeBron off to force him to come back from a three-one lead, but. The Suns, the Suns team that we have right now, no one's saying that they're going to be a leader over Chris Paul. Everyone knows that Devin Booker's the most talented player that we have on the team. McHale's our best defender. Cam Johnson, if the friendship between him and Mikhail gets weird, I could see maybe something like that happening. But because he is older than them, like he's older than Booker. So, like, I, I could see something there, but like just going down the roster, Aiton, I could worry about, but he doesn't, he doesn't really like, even with all this contract stuff, he hasn't really made a, he hasn't made a fit about it. So you other know.
1: than like milking every injury he's had this year and sitting yeah. out. Yeah. So I would disagree with the Aiton thing. Aiton mm-hmm. is the number one candidate. I said Mikel earlier, but Aiton, like, The eight and things are straight up worrisome for this year because I really think that if he gets hurt in the playoffs, we're not going to see him again.
0: You might be right, but yeah, that's enough Suns talk. Oh, from Nero. Please play us in. So Tim, we're back.
1: What are we talking about today? We're gonna to veer off the uh, yellow brick road oh, a little bit. Okay. Uh, we're gonna be talking a little bit about baseball, but really tying that in to basketball. Yes, but but, but ba-
0: baseball isn't—it's not going on. What do you mean? I don't even think it's. A,
1: to be honest with you, I don't even think that it's by the end of this. I, I think it has real risk of not even being a top three sport in the country. I really do. Mm. And that's being said from somebody who grew up loving it, playing it is it yep. my number one favorite sport. Um, it yep. means the most to me like internally, um, right. as an entity It's something that I have cared less and less about as the years have gone on. And as the game has changed, um, to frankly what it is now, which is virtually unwatchable. Um, and What happened yesterday, we're recording on March 2nd, was honestly, I just felt so bad for people who care about this shit. Like, I care about it. Obviously, I grew up with it. Yeah. But like people like us with the NBA, the way that those people, the equivalent of us in the MLB, and there's hundreds of thousands, I just felt bad for them yesterday because it felt like it, it was just the grossest display of... We could give a fuck about the fans. We could give a fuck about the people who support us, who watch this, who want it. Um, I'm here in Arizona. Obviously, we haven't been able to do spring training for the last few years, yeah. um, which has been hurtful to a lot of the businesses here. Not having it again is very bad. Well, yeah, I,
0: I mean, you know, our favorite bartender, Derek, which if you're in in the Valley, uh, reach out to us. We'll let you know where he works. One of uh, Definitely my favorite craft cocktail bartender, but I was actually talking to him earlier today. And no, this isn't a made up. Uh, this isn't a false premise. I actually was talking to him earlier today. And he was talking about how like his hours are going to be completely fucked now because they, you know, for the last umpteen amount of years, they've been doing their scheduling based on having, spring training. And so the last couple of it's years, a real thing here. And so yeah. it's been screwed the last couple of years, but they were assuming because, you know, a person's running a restaurant, isn't keeping up to date on the collective bargaining agreement negotiations of the MLB. So they didn't know that the work that, that there was going to be a work stoppage. They didn't know that there was going to be a lockout. And so now he has no idea if he's gonna, even going to have a job. He has no idea. Cause Restaurants already have such low margins that then when there's a couple weeks that they're banking on to make a decent amount of their yearly money, it's throwing everything in flux, but this isn't a restaurant, uh micro macroeconomics podcast. The point being that this lockout is having a lot of impact Um not just in the world of baseball, and that's the segue into what we wanted to talk about. But before we do that, Tim, can you kind of catch up, everybody, like how basically we got here? Do the spark notes?
1: Yeah. So I remember texting you back in December. Yeah, and I was like, when? When? The by f- the way, this thing should have been figured out. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck's going on with baseball? Like, I haven't heard anything, and I, I googled every version of keyword you could for this, and it was just blank. And the only thing I read was something that was written like in November, which was basically saying nothing's happened, but they're not worried. And I'm like, they're not worried. Yeah. They're not worried about getting this done. Everything tells me that they should be worried because you have to go back a little bit further. And I I promise I'll be quick with this, but you have to go back a little bit further in 2020, the, the pandemic year where it was shortened, part of the reason they took so long to come back was because they were fighting with the players association. Yep. Like the bad blood was already. And by the way, with baseball, this goes back way longer. There's always been this really nasty kind of relationship between the players and the owners. For the record, this is the
0: ninth, ninth work stoppage. It's basically. So, I mean, it happened three times in the seventies It happened three times in the 80s, twice in the 90s, and interestingly enough, none when you and I were growing up, none in the 2000s and none in the 2010s. So now we're here. The bad blood has really, it's really, it was really bad in the 94, 95 strike um, because they were initially bad. They were initially. Operating under just kind of a holdover agreement or whatever you want to call it, because they were playing games while there was while negotiations were still taking place, and then as a negotiating tactic, the players decided to strike, and then obviously lost the rest of the season. And that was the year that Matt Williams was trying to break their home run record. But again, regardless, the bad blood has been there, especially since a lot of the people that run baseball and the jokes are made now. But like, hey. Why can't we be like other sports where the guys that are running the league actually like the league? Yeah. Like the people running baseball, wouldn't it be cool if they actually like baseball?
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. And this is obviously more complicated, shockingly than the discourse that is being had on Twitter. What? Um, yeah. Because like I said, so there's, there's this narrative, right? I've seen this going around a lot. This isn't millionaires versus billionaires because the Players Association represents the the everyday player. What's in minor leaguers? No, they don't. It, 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 to, well, to a certain degree, not at all. They don't represent minor. I mean, well, the I'm, things that they're the things that they're fighting for would, if those minor leaguers made the major leagues, which is a small handful, they would represent them. But that's the biggest fallacy in all this is that they don't represent the minor leaguers. So all this stuff that people are coming out with. He, he can't I think he uh, they got rid of like 40 minor league teams which obviously cost a bunch of jobs everywhere in mostly small rural parts of the country but it, it needs to be stated that the players association represents major league baseball players and that's it my my
0: point was was that uh, my, my point being that, if you're going to represent what all the minor league players are trying to get towards, then yeah, I I, I see what you're saying, but, and isn't there a part of this agreement that has to do with the funding of the different minor league teams? Zero has nothing to do with that. There you
1: go. But that's the thing that I think is getting lost in this is that the people are so on the player's side and I'm I'm on their side too, but they kind of like, gloss over the fact this has nothing to do with the minor leagues. This is quite literally millionaires versus billionaires. Now, you can still be critical of how those proceedings unwind, but I don't like some of the bigger players who have huge contracts like Scherzer uh, trying to say this is about workers versus owners. That's not really like sure in, in, in terms of legal terms it is, but that's not how this is actually playing out in my opinion it's what the players want and by the way some of the things the players want i don't agree with like i just i just flat out don't agree with it like the players don't want a minimum uh salary floor they don't they want to raise the luxury tax to some ungodly number like it's just some of the stuff they want i'm like i don't think that that helps what i'm seeing on the field i just frankly
0: well and 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 you know the argument that i've seen going around for the Floor is that well then it's gonna hyper force the salaries up and down and then the middle class of the MLB players are gonna get thrown to the wayside when I just I I don't know, I don't know it. It, that's, seems, that's, it seems it seems like a weird argument that I don't understand that I personally don't quite understand ultimately though you're right this is ironing down to twelve hundred players. Because, obviously, once you're on the 40-man, then your contract's purchased by the big league team, though you could still be playing on the AAA team. So, you know, 40 times 30, and then, obviously, the 30 owners. It's 30 owners versus 1,200 players. The problem is, is that a lot of the complaints on each side are actually pretty solid now i lean towards player whether that's because i objectively think what the players are trying to get is better or just because i generally as a person am willing to be pro workers opposed to pro billionaire who knows
1: but and I, I i'm with you and i think that that's but that's an important thing that i'm, I'm yeah. trying to get out in this is that because it's not rap- quote, it's
0: not quote unquote worker we're and rap- throwing like around the term middle class of the MLB. It's like, well, I we're talking, I get we're what not talking about like trying to
1: do Amazon workers. We're not talking right. about like Amazon workers trying to unionize against Amazon. That's not right. That's not like, quite what's going on here, frankly. Could, this this is
0: Cattell Marte's not having to shit in a bag to make sure that he's getting his. Time efficiency
1: stamp for yeah, Amazon. He's not having to like, do that. I'm with them on the. I don't think the owners have negotiated in good faith this entire time. I don't think that they've brought proposals that they thought could be accepted. I yeah. think that they've slow played stuff. I think their yeah. walkout bullshit that, that they've that, done that, that was going to be is, my point. Yeah, is both childish and yeah. somehow like degrading to the process. Um, but but I do think that. It's it's more complicated than one side is just out of their goddamn mind. It's like, okay, I see some of the proposals that they're making. I agree with the owner's side of it. I think there should be a floor. I think these teams like the Marlins that just like sit there and spend no money yeah. and just take in the revenue sharing, yeah. that's bullshit. I hate that. Like, Don't own a team if you can't afford because, to put players I, on the field. Yeah, like, right. I hate because, that shit.
0: Because then it's like, okay – you know you're going to have to spend this amount of money. You would hope that that them, that that then it would drive not the Robert Sarvers or whoever the uh, um whoever owns the Marlins those owners of the world. It would sort of signal to them like, hey, this is this is going to take spending some money. Which again, Robert Sarver, if you're listening, I hope you sell the team. Um, and go fuck yourself and go you're... fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, and just go ahead and sell to the highest bidder, please. Um, yeah, but the reason why we wanted to talk about this, mm-hmm. cause you and I obviously are, uh, is it okay if I speak for you and that we're both more NBA heads than MLB heads? I've definitely
1: become that. I yeah. think we've both, I think we've both become that later in life for a lot of yeah. reasons, but yes.
0: One, the league's more fun and two, um, yeah, you know, our baseball teams and abject failure of everything. Um, but the reason why we want to talk about this is because you and I were having a conversation a couple of days ago, yeah. how this lockout could impact the NBA and more specifically the <clears throat> NBA schedule and how this could impact how it could have a domino effect in how we watch all the different sports when we watch the different sports and whether or not this is going to continue to be a major three sport country or just a major two sport country. Um, The biggest thing that I wanted to highlight is that currently, or I shouldn't say currently, as of 2019, the MLB regional cable numbers, they averaged about a 2.8 rating. NBA games averaged to 2.3 for the 2018-2019 season. True. So, regionally, regionally, as of 2019, the MOB was doing better. Right. I mean, slightly, slightly, but nowadays, 0.3 is a huge, huge, huge number um, because of all the dispersal Mark Cuban keeps c- – crying streaming rights for why uh or streaming numbers for why cable numbers are going down who knows um but there's a lot of things that go
1: into it but i I hear what you're saying
0: yeah but and those are according to the nielsen ratings so you know they're the ratings
1: so it it it. currently
0: mlb regionally up to this point has been doing slightly better than the nba it, To yes. my knowledge, NBA does better on their national individual games. Interestingly, though, the MLB All-Star game was doing better numbers than some NBA Finals games. So it, it's kind of all over the place. Now, tell me, Tim, why
1: is that important? Look, it, it's important because people like me can, I think, sometimes sound alarmist. And I don't mean to. But I think the, a lot of people out there, and again, if the whole world was Twitter, baseball wouldn't exist as a sport. So <laughs>
0: yeah. Cause they're not uh, on Twitter. They can't, that, that's be on what Twitter. I
1: mean. That's what I mean is like baseball wouldn't be a sport if the whole world, if Twitter was a representation of the opinions of the whole country and it's just not right. Um, baseball is wildly popular. It's very wildly popular regionally, uh, basketball. You can talk about streaming numbers, um, I think that it's an important argument to make. I think basketball and baseball are probably closer to even than baseball having the advantage, just based on again right. the streaming numbers. Right. But I think what's important to note, and by the way, that's what the owners will point to, is like our game's not dying, we're doing fine, revenue's up, uh, all the, the, the statistics you just and, pointed and to. And come on, we've got Alex Rodriguez calling games now, guys. Come yeah, on. Yeah, but here's here's what I would say is that. As a national conversation. Yeah. And you can say whatever you want. You can be like it ESPN's more liberal. That's why they don't cover baseball as much, whatever you want to say. The fact is, the NBA is the number two most talked-about sport nationally. And I'm not just blowing smoke out my ass and saying shit I don't understand. There is not a national podcast or radio station that I don't listen to with some frequency. They're not talking about baseball. Right. Even like, even last year during the World Series, they couldn't break through for more than five minutes on most segments and some podcasts just ignored it like it didn't happen. I mean, and I'm sorry if you don't see that as a problem in an era where everything's more connected as opposed to segregated. I, I don't know what to tell you.
0: And and one, I mean, one of the biggest I mean radio personalities. Now he's a podcaster, Colin Coward, makes jokes. <clears throat> People ask me why I don't watch baseball. The reason why I don't or why I don't talk baseball. is because when I talk baseball, my numbers go down. When I then go back and talk basketball, they go back up. When I talk football, they go way up. I pay attention to my numbers. That's what I follow. That's the simple reason why he doesn't do baseball. Now, you can argue, oh, you know, that's just his audience. I would venture to say that Colin Coward's sports listening audience is a pretty good litmus test for where we are as just a culture and what we listen to. Patrick's um, talked about that, too. Yeah. The reason why I think that, the, that it's important that before this lockout, the numbers were roughly the same. Roughly this is going to piss a lot of people off. Now I would argue, I, I would argue, and we kind of talked about this off air already. I would argue that baseball is interestingly positioned that there's no last two minute feeling like with the NBA, a lot of people, they say, I'm not going to watch the game in the first three quarters. I'm probably not even going to watch most of the fourth quarter. I'm going to watch the last few minutes. If the game is close. It's super entertaining. It's super cool because the NBA doesn't have one day like the NFL does. The NBA, you pop in for a couple minutes, see a couple cool plays. There's some cool highlights, and you can have the conversation because you can feel like you're tapped into the sport as long as you have social media. You see all the plays. You see the John Morant buzzer beater that happened a couple of days ago. You feel like you, quote unquote, watched the game. What I think has the potential of changing, though, is that if we go an extended period of time without baseball, the NBA, who Adam Silver is a very intelligent man, likes the sport and knows how to capitalize on certain opportunities, like, for instance, the COVID season, they decided to make their Christmas Day games that much more important. I do think that and you know that we're not reporting anything we don't have any news but the NBA has already been discussing pushing their schedule back because what they saw during the covid season is that their numbers went up in you know for for some national games and for some dates that are important to them if the NBA can make their first day those christmas games and then at, start sliding back more into the summer when baseball is traditionally the ratings king and start to elbow them out on a national scale and then also in a regional scale, I think it would be smart for the NBA to do. And I think they would be successful in it because the national conversation with baseball is just so
1: terribly lacking. I agree. and And here's here's my number one problem with the owners constantly pointing to these ratings is that they are doing what every failing company in America has always done as it's declining, which is they're sitting around and jerking each other off and saying the money's still pouring in. These fuckers can talk all they want. Nothing's ever going to change. We don't give a fuck. Like what do you guys think they were talking about at Blockbuster before it really hit the tank? Do you think they were like, fuck, fuck, fuck? Or do you think they were like, yeah, the money's coming in because they didn't change, and there's companies are like this all the time. Companies that go out of business because somebody out innovates them. Taxis, old, newspapers, one hundred percent. They're always like, "What are you talking about?" The money's coming in. I don't see a problem here. Everybody else is saying this new thing is going to take us out. I don't see that as a thing. Like, you have to look for signs, and, and to me, the signs are very clear. People don't like talking baseball. And they love talking the NBA and they love talking football. Um, Obviously we're partial to basketball and you can say all you want about the NBA ratings being down, by the way, they're up this year. Um, you, You can talk about them being down at certain points, but the fact remains people like talking about the NBA similar to the way they like talking about politics. Not everybody who talks about the NBA, and I think this is a a travesty, and I I don't like it. Obviously, we watch the games. There's people who just don't watch the games who have crazy-ass opinions on the NBA, like passionate opinions. That's not true in baseball. I don't care how much of it you watch because we've boiled that entire game down to a couple numbers. Well, there's no 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 conversation. There's no conversation. There's just... It's it, frankly, it's it's so it's so boring to talk about, and the NBA is not. And so, if if I'm the owners, I get it. They're all old, white, successful. They're all going to be dead within a decade. What the fuck do they care, anyways? God, God willing, right? But yeah, if but if you, <laughs> but if you're projecting this out, you can't tell me that because, by the way, this whole thing about kids aren't going to play baseball—it's boring. This has been a thing for a long time. But now you're starting to see the fruits of it. First of all, it's never been less diverse in America. I know we have more Latin players than ever, but it is very much in America. If you look at the American baseball players, there are not a lot of black players. There's not a lot of Hispanic players that are American born. There are not, by the way, there's a lot of them that are foreign born. There's like, just just look at it. So people have been forecasting this for a long time. You're starting to see the fruits of it. I'm not saying right now you're going to lose a bunch of money. I'm saying that what you're doing with this lockout is opening the door to your demise being that much sooner. And I think the NBA is uniquely positioned to take advantage of it and, and because they're not afraid to make a change like that. They're not afraid to just come out and be like, guess what? Season starts in, on Christmas. See you fuckers then. Like,
0: Oh, and by the way. It's on Apple TV only.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like they're, they're not, they're not afraid to make those kinds of moves. And I think if they did, if they chose to just own the summer, they could, because right now the finals ends in July. And if they chose to make it end in like September or late August, then the only, and I mean, the baseball becomes fucking college basketball. I'm serious where people tune in for one month out of the year Kind of. <laughs> That's all it's going to be. Yeah. So like,
0: what, what baseball has, the basketball doesn't, is that it's <clears throat> basketball, obviously, there's games every day, but your team is not playing every day. Your team can go days without playing. In the MLB, basically, it's six, <clears throat> it's roughly six days a week, sometimes five. But NBA, it's basically three, maybe four. Baseball is basically on every single day. You come in for three hours. It's nice ambient noise. There's a lot of downtime. There's yeah. a lot of commercial time, which makes it, you know, financially valuable a lot more than basketball because basketball, you have, you know, baseball, you have at a minimum 18 commercial breaks and then pitch changes and all that stuff. NBA, you don't have nearly that that many stoppages, unless we're counting all the last two minutes, in which case it feels like we have forty stoppages in the last two minutes of an NBA game. But that's a different point. What I think is the what I think is the best point that you can make as to how I think the two sports are going to go moving forward is what the sports ended up how the sports ended up trending with the introduction of advanced metrics baseball it just got more boring it just did once you introduce war once you introduce a lot of these advanced metrics now there's no debate there are answers there are no longer debates in the nba the answer, quote unquote, was just shoot more threes. It wasn't this player is because of this number better than this player, meaning you just need to get more of this player to be on your team and you will be more successful. Because that's what we've seen. That's how the Red Sox won their World Series. That's how uh, their World Series plural. That's how a lot of these teams just, they started using the Moneyball calculations and they started winning Ironically, other than everyone, other than the A's.
1: So can I just say though, that I appreciate something about the NBA and that's, they almost went there. I think for a few years in the late 2010s, we were really close where every fucking radio guy thought he was fucking Daryl Morey out here just shooting stats out of their ass that they themselves clearly either didn't understand or barely understood. Yeah, and what you're seeing now is even on Smart Guy NBA podcast, which I, I I love Zach Lowe. I think Zach Lowe is one of the best NBA podcasts out there. Even him, who actually understands this shit, when he's a when he says like an advanced stat, he'll either take the time to thoroughly explain it or he'll apologize for being a dork. Yeah, like it's because I think that people are starting to realize. I, I'm sorry, I don't want that. I don't want an abbreviation every five seconds that I don't fucking understand. I'm a busy guy. I don't spend 100% of my time reading NBA stats. Like, it's just, it's not feasible in 2022. So please, talk to me like I'm an idiot. Well, and,
0: the, but, but I think the big difference, though, is that when advanced metrics came to the NBA, it actually made the game more interesting because what's one of the coolest things that there is to watch? Steph Curry shooting a 70-foot three. Up until, shit, up until 2014, well, really, it got accepted maybe four years ago, 2016, the year after the Warriors won their ring, those shots were bad shots. And you would get killed on the broadcast, online, by your coach. You would get killed by everybody for taking that shot. Now, as long as you're good, we, we now have LeBron James taking logo shots in a game and he makes enough of them to where people don't call it a bad shot. So it's now more exciting. Whereas baseball, it didn't actually change the way that the game is played. It changed the way that GMs moved about their scouting, their free agency wow. practices, you know, how we, how we look at righty lefty matchups basketball. It changed the way that certain players play the game, and it made them play in a much more entertaining way. Plus, a lot of the advanced metrics are more team-oriented as opposed to player-oriented. So, like, yeah, we have net rating that shows us who's the most efficient defensive team, who's the most efficient offensive team, all that stuff. And those are cool conversations to have, but it doesn't provide an answer. It doesn't provide something that just completely ends a debate because you can't look at net rating and say, you know, oh, the 2016 Warriors team has a higher net rating than the 1992 Bulls team. So that means the Warriors were better. That's not what that means. And you Uh, can't have that conversation like what we now do in baseball.
1: No, and I think there was some ways that I think it changed baseball, mostly shifting. And that's another point that I disagree with the players on. By the way, the players are talking about um, they don't want baseball to ban shifts. I think that's stupid. I think they, yeah. they should ban shifts yesterday. Yes, but but anyways, b- back to the back to kind of the
0: Oh, real quick, if I could just interject because it makes the game boring. I it know, but just, like the players it, it, don't see
1: it. Like that's what I know I mean. they that, and that's fine,
0: and that's fine. But ultimately, where you and I are sitting, we want better products. MLB does really one thing that just pisses me right the fuck off. They own all of their media rights to all their content. And so they don't let their shit get out there. They don't let highlight clips. They don't have house of highlights for baseball because they don't let it. They've got a lot of players that have great personalities, but they don't let their players post their own clips of their own videos Unless they have expressed permission from the from MLB, whereas all the other sports, there's entire entire subreddits and entire cultures online that are devoted to just watching highlights.
1: Yeah, and and that's important too. Is that look you're the the fandom? What it means to be a fan of a sport today is not cable ratings necessarily. Yeah. It's really hard to measure the way how big the NBA is because so much of it is fucking TikTok and Instagram yeah. and like so much of people who quote unquote love the NBA. And I'm, I'm not shitting on you if this is how you consume it. Never watch a single game. They just they watch highlights and they love it and they find it entertaining and they'll watch the big playoff games. Which is which, great. It's great. The, baseball doesn't have those. No. They have cable subscribers. You know what I mean? They have cable numbers. They
0: have the Nielsen ratings, which when I'm positive that there's a part of our viewership that once I start pulling out the 2019 Nielsen ratings, we're like, why the fuck is he talking about this? Where the fuck is he going? And when can we get away from TV ratings? Because TV ratings are one of the most boring topics to talk
1: about. (laughs) And I would submit this. I think Nike's only given one baseball player their own shoes since King Griffey. If, if I have that right yeah. For, for reference, Kyrie Irving shoes, you can't keep them on the, the shelves. You can't. Yeah. He's never been less popular his around shit, the world. His shit still sells out. That is fandom. Those are people that care. Those are real dollars. Yeah. By the way, that are going to Nike, but, yeah. <laughs> but, what I'm saying is, is that fandom is more than cable numbers. People care about Kyrie Irving who have never watched him play a 48-minute game. Okay, it's just a fact. Like, it, it exists. Uh, the most popular uh, trading card right now, by the way, used to be baseball for my entire life. And for every one of up your entire like the lives, last, it's been up, baseball. Up until like the last couple of years. It's now basketball. Like It's been fact- baseball. Like, you can't measure fandom... Any more, in my opinion, in, in one stat. I think fandom in the NBA is bigger. I think there's a lot of evidence that we have for it. Mostly, people spend more money to be fans of the sport. Like, what how, did, like how does Max
0: Scherzer not have a signature glove?
1: How does... Because it won't, it won't sell the same. You know why. It oh, but won't like, sell the same. Especially if you don't try... Well, okay, but you can you can try all you want. I think these companies have looked at it. So like, I think they've looked at it. I think they're like, people don't buy this shit. People aren't going to buy this glove more, so because okay. Max Scherzer's name's attached to it.
0: The, the 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 and you know, when I say that, people aren't walking around in everyday life with a baseball glove. People walk around in everyday life wearing basketball shoes. In fact, you just made a Jordan One purchase. I did. Are you are, are, are you planning <laughs> on lacing them up and going to play with them? Or no, are they never. purely I'm never for fashion? Playing in those, I'm never exactly. playing in those shoes. You're not yeah. buying cleats for fashion. Like there's I mean no is- th- th- there's no corollary for baseball. That could, you know, be in the fashion world as weird as that sounds. Like there's a whole industry behind basketball shoes. Like there's Jordan shoes that go for six figures.
1: Oh, yeah. There are shoes his son put out.
0: Yeah. This last year are going for thousands of dollars. It's, and so again, it, and the reason why I bring this up is another reason why I see when it might not be next year it might not be five years from now but the trend is definitely just to say that it's not trending this way is to not uh, it's to be seeing this in a completely different way than I'm currently seeing it which I'm not saying not exist
1: in reality frankly the
0: NBA and basketball in general is growing undoubtedly is growing they're opening up new leagues in different continents. Baseball are about is, to expand. They're about to expand. We currently have too much talent. Like, we currently have teams. We had a team a couple years ago with the Warriors that literally had too much talent to have on one team. And thankfully, one of them is so mercurial that he up and left to not the Knicks in New York. <laughs> So baseball does not have too much talent. Baseball doesn't have too much of really anything. And in fact, the one thing that they might have too much of, which is content, you actually can't have too much content. <laughs> yeah. Because that's that the one thing that is saving them is that they have so many hours of live content that you don't have to have a writer's room for. You don't have to spend nearly as many production dollars because you don't have a director. You don't have to hire these you know, high-priced actors. You don't have to do all that stuff. You have to pay your players. You have to have decent stadiums that hopefully your owner paid for, not county, city, municipality, whatever paid for. But I'm I know better it takes a lot less creativity to just maintain a baseball league and that's what we're doing right now they're maintaining very they're newspaper they're they're a newspaper in the late 2000s
1: yeah th- their numbers- judgment day is coming and they're accelerating it now officially yeah.
0: yes and now and that was your main point so i'll let you
1: i'll, I'll let you take the four on the acceleration point they're accelerating it They're pushing this further. If this was going to happen in 2040, it's not going to happen in 2030. Yeah. Like that they, by doing this, you are opening the door for the NBA to take it. Because if this goes into summer, which I think it will, I believe the NBA will announce it right away. Because once baseball has another two month season in three years, your interest is you fucked yourself. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. There's, there's no nice way to say it. You fucked yourself because Now the only people that are going to watch it are people that it's just like, it's all they know. They just sit there for three hours. They watch a baseball game and those people don't out, go out and spend the type of money that NBA fans do. I'm sorry. It's evident in the merchandising. Even a lot of golf players have like watch and cologne endorsements. It just doesn't exist for baseball because these companies know if I put Mookie Betts or Fernando Tatis's name on something, it's not going to drive sales. Which is mean? because specifically
0: Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts is one of the most interesting people in sports. The dude could be a professional bowler. He could be a professional basketball player. Hell, he could probably be a professional football player. The dude is one of the most athletic human beings we have ever seen in human existence doesn't have I, if he has endorsement deals i'm not aware of them
1: and that's that's kind of my point is like every didn't other he ball, s-
0: didn't he just like a few like during uh COVID didn't he ball a 300 like in a
1: professional tournament i think he did like but, but stupid. It, it is stupid but i'm just telling you like the alabama uh quarterback bryce young yeah, is making more in endorsements this year than Mike Trout, I would venture to say without looking at the numbers. Because he's making over a million. He's making over a million. Like, college football players drive sales more than professional baseball players. And baseball is, is still holding on to the fact that, look, our ratings are good. People are still at the games, even if it's less than they were before. Like, I just, I don't... I, I don't get the sense that there's urgency, not only on the owner side, which has been talked about ad nauseum. But I don't get the sense that there's proper urgency on the player side either.
0: I didn't know it was this bad. Do you want to know how much according to Forbes Mike Trout makes in a year on endorsements? I have no idea. Three million dollars. Three. There are NBA rookies that make more than that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's insane. And he, by the way, is the one with the Nike deal. Yeah, he's the only one with the like a fit. Like other guys have Nike deals, but not like they have their yeah, it, own it, product. It, 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 in two thousand
0: in two thousand fourteen, Mike Trout became the first Nike baseball player to get his own signature shoe
1: since Ken Griffey Jr. And yeah, and they haven't done it with anybody else since, like. By the way, he's wow. probably the upper echelon. Like like Tatis or Machado or, or Betts, like we were talking about earlier, or Kershaw or Cole. Like none of these guys are making it outside of the sport. And so I think to me, again, I'm, I'm, I always kind of default to being more pro player than pro owner like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. But there needs to be more urgency on both sides. Like... The, frankly, I just don't get the impression that either side understands how bad this is, like how much of a disaster this really could be. And the fact that people under 25 or or hell under 30 could just not give a fuck about you. Yeah. That has never been a good sign for any business in the history of the world to have – a third of the population, the population that is coming into their highest spending years, not give a fuck about you.
0: I mean, I'm trying to find how much Anthony Edwards just signed his, uh, his sponsorship deal for. I know Aiden's deal.
1: Aiden's rookie deal with Puma was like eight or nine million a year.
0: Okay. Perfect. So that's basically what I was trying to figure out. So rookies are coming in. And, I mean, granted, Dayton was the first pick, but, you know, still. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> rookie um, is making almost three times the amount that arguably the greatest baseball player ever.
1: Arguably. It's just ever. one sponsorship, by the way. That's yeah. Mike Trout's yeah. whole thing. And, excuse me. Yes. That is That's one just his shoe deal. <laughs> That's not talking about the... Jewelry. That's not talking about the restaurants. It's not talking about any of the car dealerships. None of that shit. Whereas
0: according to Forbes, Mike Trout, even with that signature shoe deal is making $3 million a year.
1: That's everything.
0: The whole thing is 3 million. That's crazy. That That should show you though. It shows you what the future likely holds with the sport. And, (laughs) and it's, and it's interesting because, The NBA is the one that was always interesting because it's in the middle, right? Yes. The NFL, they only have 16 games, well, now 17 games, and then plus playoffs. So 17 days out of the year plus the four weeks for playoffs. So 21 days out of the year, they actually create content. And then obviously, you know, there's Monday night, Thursday night, you get the point. Right. The NBA, it's, you know, like I said, over half the week. Whereas baseball is every day. Baseball is every single day there's a game. The NFL owns the, the NFL owns a day. So they're specially placed in that all you got to do is sit down for 12 hours on Sunday when you're already not doing anything all day and just watch our stuff. MLB, hey, don't worry. The game's gonna be on. Whether whether you're home or not, whether you know you're home a little bit late for work or you know, whatever, the game's gonna be on. Just turn it on, we'll be there. The NBA, it's oh, are the Suns playing today? Are the Lakers playing today? Are the Knicks playing today? I don't know. They are a lot of the time, but you know, they are not a lot of the time as well. And so they were sort of in this halfway between, what are we? It's getting to the point now where they're so much more popular than baseball that that's honestly, even though they have half the games in a season, they're now taking precedent. They've well taken precedent in terms of, the, in terms of culture, but I would imagine that, like you said, this lockout, if it goes into the summer, if it gets as bad as we think it's going to be, It's going to accelerate a lot of issues that the game has. And it's not going to be like tomorrow everyone's going to wake up and start loving Rob Manfred. It's not like tomorrow everyone's going to start loving what the product is in terms of a national conversation. And I can't imagine that MLB is going to give up their video rights anytime soon. So a lot of the problems that MLB has aren't going to get solved anytime soon. It's just not. And, and the NBA is only going to get better. They had an all-star game where they had a vast majority of this top 75 list show up and it was a big deal. We did
1: a whole episode on it. Yeah. And and I think that there's always this, this fallacy. I've heard a lot of, uh, I've heard a lot of business owners talk about this where if you're, focused, if, you're do, if you're focused on bullshit, there's something else that you're not focusing on that's going <laughs> to bite you in the ass, which is what they're yeah, doing. That, that, that does sound like a, a CEO speak. Yeah because, uh, yeah, because the NBA is not focused on bullshit. No, They're just focused on how do we get better? How do we grow? How do we make this the most appealing product for fans? Yep. And baseball is dealing with this shit. They're dealing with, can we play Can we make a single dollar from our sport this year? (laughs) Yeah. That's what like dealing with that takes away from how do we fix a lot of the problems that exist in the sport? And by the way, they're more than just the salary cap. They're more than just how much players fucking get paid. Okay. Which by the way is an issue because there's a lot of stats that show that the upper class in baseball has just gotten crazier while everybody else has gone down. I agree. There's issues. But in terms of the the on-the-field product, the fixes that need to happen there that the players have been more resistant to, by the way, those aren't getting addressed. And to me, that's the biggest issue, is that when it comes back, hopefully this year, which, by the way, I don't think we've seen a major sports league since baseball take an entire year off, but I think it's possible here with the way things are going, if they come back this year. All those problems are just waiting for you.
0: It's going to be interesting because I think a lot of what we'll see in the future, we're going to get to see in the weeks right right when they get back. We're going to see how bad it's going to get. Because you would think that people would be most excited, people would be at their most willing to watch it the first couple weeks after it comes back. If their numbers are down at that point, I'll be very interested to see. I'll I'll be very interested to see what happens.
1: Um, And Getting out of, I'll just say this is my last thing. Yeah. Getting out of people's habits is the most dangerous thing you can do in entertainment. When you get, when people, because people will adapt. We saw it in the pandemic. We can adapt to a lot of shit. Yep. If you take something away that we're used to, we will find something else. Even older people. Like, what do you think they're doing? They're just sitting on their couch waiting for a baseball game to come on? No, they're going to find something else to do. Right. Okay, and once you get out of people's habits, that is when you die. Yeah. That is when you start slowly starting to die because that's all really that happened with places like Blockbuster is that, yes, another service came along, but really it just became, we got out of the habit of going every Friday night to Blockbuster. Yep. We were sitting in Netflix. Like, People now yearn for the experience of going to a blockbuster. <laughs> like, it's right. not that, like, so I, I guess, I guess my point is is that they're flirting with the most dangerous thing that you can do, which is upsetting your fans directly, giving a direct middle finger fuck you, which, by the way, mostly coming from the owners. I'll admit, 99% coming from the owners, just a fuck you to their fans. On top of the fact that, no matter what for the second time in three years, you're risking being put out of the public conscious and consciousness in a real way. Only this time it's self-inflicted and yeah. we're, we're just, we're not going to talk about you. Like this is it. I, I don't want to talk baseball for a very long time after this. Yeah. Because it's, 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 it's going to fade. It's going to take months and months and months to get this shit done. And when it's done, we'll probably have a similar conversation, but in between here and then it's like, I don't want to hear about it. I just don't care
0: because there's nothing to talk about. And interestingly, we've been doing this pod now for what, two, three years, no, two years. How many baseball conversations have we had?
1: I think this is the first one. I would be shocked if there was another one other than us basically saying it'll be the last one to come back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or, Or us bitching about Ken Kendrick uh who or who i like to call arizona's donald trump um i mean you know it it, we just don't talk about it we like it and we we love it it. we we love baseball we grew up like and by the way you and i grew up in a fan base where our age group was the one that everyone was saying oh once that age group gets to and gets to a time in their life where they can start spending money that's when baseball in arizona is really going to explode because we, when we were growing up, saw the 2001 World Series. We saw Randy Johnson. We saw Kurt Schilling. We saw Luis Gonzalez, Matt Williams, all those guys win a championship. And the, the argument was always yeah, you know, baseball doesn't have a great following in Arizona now, but just wait. And it's, it's still bad. There's I'm now, there's now arguments that they're going to be leaving for Portland or Henderson, Nevada or whatever. It's not, you got to earn it. You have to earn it. And they haven't done anything to earn it by way of actually change with the times they've just kept on keeping on They're You know, they're the, uh, Arizona Republic, they're the LA times. They just keep sending you the newspaper in the mail and they just keep hoping that you keep paying that $2 or whatever it is for a newspaper. Or I think it's $2 for the Sunday paper. I think it's pretty substantially less for a
1: daily right. paper. Not the point at all. I mean, just to the Arizona thing. I mean, I live in, in what's known in Phoenix is the art district where there's a lot of murals oh. on walls. Oh. Yeah, I know it sounded douchey wow. as, soon as I said, but there's murals Jesus. all over the place And what I what I noticed in preparation for this podcast was every single mural is basketball. And not just sons, by the way. Interesting. While the majority of them are the sons, there's Kobe stuff, there's MJ stuff, there's LeBron stuff. Like, I'm just telling you, it's everywhere. Yeah. Like the, the the people who are artistic who give a shit about entertainment. They care about the NBA. They don't care about baseball. And if I were them, I wouldn't be able to sleep over it. But apparently they sleep just fine on their very expensive mattresses because money's still coming in. Their new TV deal was bigger than the last one. And that's all they really give a shit about apparently until one day they wake up and they're like, holy shit, we need to downsize to 10,000 seat stadiums.
0: Which they needed to do that in Arizona, probably from the get-go. But anyways, you got anything else, Tim? Because I don't. I don't want to talk no, about this baseball anymore because it's just it, – it. they haven't earned it. They haven't – well, the league generally hasn't earned it, and the Diamondbacks certainly, certainly have not earned it. We might have one player that would make the Dodgers 40, man. Maybe. But anyways – uh. On a positive note, the Suns just won by thirty in a game that they didn't have Devin Booker or Chris Paul, so or Dario Saric, you know, don't want to forget about Super Dario. But anyways, I, I, my my one thought is just get it together get it the fuck together because I want you to be cool. I want you to be fun. I want you to be entertaining. So really I'm to you the Ted Cruz awards to Rob Manfred, which, you know, of course it's the easy one, but it's the right one. Rob Manfred, go fuck yourself. Uh, MLB, go fuck yourself. Ken Kedrick, go fuck yourself. And COVID go fuck yourself. You got Devin Booker in the health and safety protocol, broken thumbs. Go fuck yourself. Uh, yeah, Russia, and, go fuck yourself. R- Russia, go. Of, yeah,
1: there's a lot R- of
0: yeah. On a, I, I've never meant this more seriously. Uh, <laughs> usually, the tech Award's a joke. Russia, please, please go fuck yourself. Um, did you uh, real quick? Did you see that Zelensky uh, video that they put the? Uh, I think it was a Nas beat behind. That was just. Uh,
1: I've avoided the Zelensky content.
0: I'll, I'll send it to you so you at least get that um, he's you know it what a weird time when without without, ra- time. without Russian bots on Twitter what a what a time to be alive <laughs> um, So on that note all those people go fuck yourself and of course Ted Cruz please go fuck yourself Ellis Monroe please play us out
1: One day day
0: Fiction girl, she's my one day someday. She's my one day someday. Gonna have it, gonna call my baby. One day someday, she's gonna call me baby, gonna have a family. I can see it in her eyes. Our future's so so bright. Gonna wake up eyesight. One day someday. She's my one day someday day Fiction girl She's my one day someday. day